It's time for episode 365 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that officially now is an episode for every day of the year. Except leap years, I guess. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across this vast and ever-changing internet of ours by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well, Dan, except I'm starting to lose the ability to call you a dungeon buddy because it's been a while since we've played. We haven't played played. D&D in a long time. Yeah, which is a little sad, but... Well, we should fix that. 365 episodes. Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, It's a daily podcast if you listen to every show once. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh this Don't is of course you, <laughs> this is of course the tech show where we invite two fantastic guests to discuss four tech topics to my left this week it is a writer of books about omnifocus and shortcuts and the co-host of automators right here on relay fm it's rosemary orchard welcome back rosemary hey dan thanks for having me and also hi mega Oh, hi. Uh, And to my left, the head of podcasts at DC Thompson Media, it's Christopher Finn. Welcome back, Christopher. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. All right, let's get this underway. Four Tech Topics, 30 minutes, so here we go. I have been entranced by people modding their home screens on iOS 14 with the combination of shortcuts and third-party tools like David Smith's Widgetsmith. Is this something you tried? Is it something you want to try? What do you make of this trend? Rosemary? I am loving this trend, um, especially the fact that this went viral on TikTok um, <laughs> and that I know the developer behind Widgetsmith. That's, you know, kind of amazing. Um, but I'm loving the fact that I'm seeing lots of p- different people doing different things. And I think it's going to massively increase awareness for what widgets are and how they can be used, which means that more and more app developers are going to create them and not just create a widget, but create good widgets. So I'm seeing people doing amazing things with shortcuts and charty or scriptable. Um, I've also got one called color widgets and another one called widget pack. And I am loving this because I've got, you know, I've got a whole bunch of things like that I I just have in different formats now. And I also have the carrot snark widget because, you know, everybody needs a snarky home screen, don't they? (laughs) A to the man. Um, So I, I, w- I want to just quote, and I, I'm a little bit paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what Andy uh, Anatko said on MacBreak Weekly, but it was something akin to um, let people be happy. And it was specifically in reference to folks who have been kind of uh, poo-pooing this customized home screen design, um, not not poo-pooing it for themselves, which is totally fine, but poo-pooing it for others and Mm. sort of uh, looking down on people who are customizing their home screen. And I'm just kind of uh, jumping on board with that. And same goes for uh, Android users or, you know, jailbreakers who have been able to do this for a while, who instead of just saying, yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Are quickly going, we've had this for years. Go back to 2016, you fools. And before, um, I think that this is so exciting, uh, especially on a platform that for the longest time has been uh, very very locked in. The way that you were able to sort of express yourself was through cases and things like that. Uh, And I think that this is fun. 
and fantastic and fancy free. And I will not be making custom icons for all of my apps because I like the way that they are right now. But boy, howdy, do I celebrate everybody who is. I think it's fantastic and good for you. Your thoughts, Chris? I completely agree. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you do you, whoever you are listening to this podcast uh, who's is getting permission from me to be yourself. Um, I think so there's two things here, right, isn't there? There's this sort of widgety bit, which is just putting extra functionality into your home screen. And then there's a customization bit, which um, is changing the look of it. And a lot of people are, I saw some people sort of celebrating the sort of uh, resistance against the corporate overlords that have been um, imposing this very shiny, sleek look on us uh, over the years. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of, sort of anti-design stuff and um, designing icons and paint and things like it to put on there. And absolutely, why not? I mean, I'm not going to do it, Micah, just uh, not like you, because you like the way your icons look. I just ain't got the time. I I remember sitting with ResEdit as a teenage boy and like carefully designing folder icons for like my school projects. And I adored it. But I'm a 40 year old man now. And there's alcohol to be drunk and um, (laughs) middle distances to be stared off into. Ain't got the time. Uh, I was going to wonder who else. I, I guess, Chris, you're of an age with me. So like I was definitely I was talking to my pal John Moltz on a show the other day and you saying like i went through all this with kaleidoscope and the classic yeah. mac os in the 90s like oh yeah yeah i remember doing that i remember doing the res edit stuff so i definitely remember spending this kind of time and i, I love this trend i have to say i find it delightful and i'm kind of curious to see how apple responds to it because i think they want to embrace it but it also goes mm-hmm. very much against the middle like the philosophy they've been putting out for the last 10 to 20 years and i'm kind mm-hmm. of fascinated to see how that tension plays out um so i i think it's great i think it's fun to see so many people who are just really engaged and coming up with these beautiful things. I also know that I would be terrible at this and just make really ugly things because I have no talent in this direction whatsoever. Um, But I I love that it's opening up this freedom of expression and the ability to personalize because I think we've all wanted a certain, you know, that to varying degrees on our iPhones. Our iPhones are these devices we carry with us every day and the ability to personalize them beyond just my wallpaper and what apps go where. I think it's huge. I think it's a really big thing. And so I'm glad to see it. Did you see one of the first customizations I saw was somebody reimposing the Scott Forstall era <laughs> icons back on <laughs> the pre-iOS icons? I was like, I, I saluted mentally uh, uh, that person who'd done that. Skewmorphism is never dead. Uh, all right. Thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our second topic today, which comes from Rosemary. Well, uh, you know, we're talking about widgets. What do you think of the iOS, iPad OS 14 release? Was it too fast for you? The adoption rates do seem pretty good. Uh, possibly because of all of these widgets. Um, But do you have a favorite bug? Because let's be honest, there are definitely some bugs in there. And uh, what is your favorite feature that isn't widgets? Hmm. So I I don't think that it's been too fast. Uh, most of mostly because I've been rocking this since since WWDC. Uh, so this is just it is what it is. And now most of my time is most of my time sort of thinking about uh, iOS is surrounding helping my family and friends and others uh, who have questions now that they've upgraded, updated. Um, I would say that my favorite feature in iOS 14, uh, oh man, actually, th- so this is a tough one because I, th- I think that, you know, widgets is the, is the big standout feature and it's the one that everybody's kind of paying attention to. And I think I want to pivot your question just, <laughs> just a tad. And that is because 
I want to do a little bit of complaining. Um, <laughs> this is this is the one thing that I have to complain about when it comes to iOS 14. And if widgets are my favorite on iOS, they are not my favorite on iPadOS. Mm. And that's because I've got all of this stinking screen on my iPad that could be filled with a bunch of awesome widgets just all throughout. And yet I cannot do that. I can only put the widgets in that little sidebar on the main home screen of of the iPad. And I just think that that's such a waste when I could have a full page of widgets if I wanted to in the same way that I do on my iPhone. I yeah. wish that I could use that. Uh, but I'll give a quick shout out to pinned messages as my uh, as an answer to your question. Chris, what is your answer? I think it's an appalling release. I think it's the worst release. Apple is doomed. And I'll tell you for why. It's because it makes me feel like an old man. Now, we've talked about this so far already in the podcast. But but so the, to return to my leitmotif, um, I, for the first time, I'm, 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 I'm genuinely annoyed that this is a sentence that's about to come out of my mouth. For the first time, there's been an iOS release where I have felt I don't really see anything new, exciting in here. And I hate that I think that because that's just such a lazy trope to, to trot out, especially on a podcast like Clockwise. I think, you know, there's tons and tons of stuff in there for different people. But for me, there's, there's actually almost literally nothing in iOS 14 that I'm excited about. The, the nearest I can get is the um, inline reply stuff in messages, which is going to be handy in group chats. But I have to, I think, I presume, wait until some of my pals are uh, updated in order to be able to use that. Um, the one thing that I am excited about is actually a feature from tvOS. And it's not one that I've had a chance to use yet, but... My wife and I have a, a small child who may make an appearance at some point during this recording. And uh, once she's down to sleep at night, if we want to watch telly, I would quite like us both to be able to put our AirPods in and do the AirPod sharing thing mm. in tvOS 14. I haven't had a chance to do it yet, but that's that's where my kind of excitement levels were for iOS, iPadOS and tvOS 14. But I, I come back to the fact that I'm somewhat underwhelmed. What about you, Dan? What do you reckon? Um, yeah, I was trying to think through what my favorite features were. I think the ones that I like the best in the iOS 14 release, and I will uh, kind of footnote this with a, a Micah, Micah's same comments. I really like the app library and the ability to hide home screens on my phone because I had yeah. a page that was just folders and folders of apps, and it was useless. And so now having the app library means like I can swipe over and oftentimes, you know, it's either easy to search or it already surfaces kind of the apps that I was most likely to use from that screen. Um, and so that has reduced a lot of clutter. It's mean, so I don't have to like page things through much, uh, page things, um, as much as I did before. But my biggest problem with it is that it's not available. Neither of those features are available on the iPad, which mm. is baffling because again, I have like a page that's basically just folders after my main home screen. And it's like, I don't, I don't need this. I would love to have a smarter organization and the ability to hide all those apps that I don't use very often. And it, totally befuddles me that apple has decided not to do it on the ipad presumably they'll do something more in depth next year but uh it does feel like a lacking feature i don't know that i have a favorite bug i was trying to think through stuff i i've had bugs and problems i'm not sure they're is for ios 14 specific um I, I don't think this release was too fast other than kind of the the, the onus that it put on third-party developers to ship their yeah. stuff i do think the time between the announcement and the release of the gm was uh, inconsiderate from Apple's perspective, um, really kind of demanding. And I hope that they don't take that as an example of, it worked great, really. We can just do this every time now because a lot of developers <laughs> worked their butts off to get stuff out in time uh, and had to deal with the fact that their customers were like, why doesn't this work? How come you don't have widgets and stuff on day one, which was kind of a pain. Rose, wrap this up for us. 
Well, I, I would agree with all of this. I, I definitely think, you know, it, it was too fast for developers and also, you know, for journalists and other people who were writing about stuff and creating content. I know a lot of people who've been working a lot of crazy hours to handle the, oh, and by the way, it's out in 23 hours uh, <laughs> side of things. Um, there are so many great features and most of them are completely unnoticed. My favorite is probably the hiding of Ask when running inside of shortcuts <laughs> uh, because, you know, I, you know, those shortcut automations are definitely my thing. And I love the fact that I can automatically do stuff at different times now. And I don't have to, you know, have hacks running around to uh, to handle everything. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in the future. Hopefully, Apple will catch that low-hanging fruit that they've left dangling on the iPad. And uh, we'll get full screens of widgets. That low-hanging fruit? It's an apple. All right, that's two topics down, two <laughs> topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Look, breaking up with your old wireless provider just got a whole lot easier thanks to Mint Mobile. They were the first company to sell premium wireless service online only. And now Mint Mobile is introducing their unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. Yeah, that's right. An unlimited plan for 30 bucks. How much is your soon-to-be X wireless provider charging you? I bet it's probably more. Uh, Mint Mobile was kind enough to send me a SIM card. I've been using it for a couple months now. It was super easy to set up. I didn't really have to do much other than just like go into an app and activate it. I have not been bugged by them like at all. I'm just sitting there using my data. And I've got like, I don't think I even have the unlimited one. They sent me like 12 gigs. I don't go through nearly that much data, especially now that I'm at home all of the time. But it's certainly a lot cheaper than the wireless provider I was using before. And I found the coverage to be pretty much on par with it so i can highly recommend it for people that hate their phone bill and are ready for something new mint mobile offers their premium unlimited plan for just 30 dollars a month they do this by going online only only eliminating the traditional cost of retail and then passing those savings on to you all plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5g network use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts and if you're not 100 percent satisfied mint mobile has it covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee Break up with big wireless, switch to Mint Mobile's premium unlimited data plan for 30 bucks a month. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 30 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash clockwise. That's mintmobile.com slash clockwise. Cut your unlimited wireless bill to 30 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash clockwise. Our thanks to Mint Mobile for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime is over. Micah, what do you have for us? I am just curious, on what device or devices do you do most of your work? Chris, we'll start with you. So right now it is a 16-inch MacBook Pro, which uh, is an upgrade I got um, a few months ago to help with my work producing podcast. It was before that a 13-inch MacBook Pro. That was kind of specced when my job was mostly email and spreadsheets. And it was hell on earth once I was throwing multi-gigs of files around daily. Um, so 16-inch MacBook Pro, most of my work. If, well, you um, uh, turned Rosemary's question back on her, so if I can turn your question back on you, Micah. Yes. If, it's a, if the question is, which device would you pry from my cold, dead hands the last, <laughs> it would be my iPhone. Um, because even though... I don't do much, you know, job work on it. It is a hundred percent without any near competition. The device that um, most is central to my being. <laughs> it's the thing that like my my everything's on. So so some you know things like some different accounts are on some devices and some services are accessed on some devices. But the iPhone, the thing that's always with me is the thing that's just got absolutely everything on it. And so you know if. House fire tomorrow. The thing I would replace first is my iPhone because it 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 is 
my Nexus is my everything. Well, it's not a Nexus. That's <laughs> an Android device. Isn't yeah. it? Um, Dan, what about you? I... Yeah, it's an interesting question, I think, and, and you raise a great point, Chris. Like, what is what is my work these days? I do think that probably most of the work I do is at my iMac right now, and it's a 2017 5K iMac, uh, and that's because so much of what I do is recording a podcast, which I'm doing right now, sitting at it, or editing a podcast, which I do on my iMac still. I could do this on, you know, a MacBook or a uh, iPad that I have, but it's definitely not as great an experience. The one thing I don't really do on my iMac, though, is write. Um, I'll write, like, blog posts and stuff like that, but if I'm working on book stuff, I almost always use either my MacBook Air, my aging 11-inch MacBook Air, uh, or my uh, iPad Pro. Uh, I just like to be able to write and not be sitting at a desk. I like to be able to sit on the couch or, you know, go out to the porch or something like that because I just find it more uh, easier to get my inspiration doing that than sitting at a desk staring at a giant screen that has lots of distractions on it. But I would say probably 75% of like my daily work gets done at the iMac. Rosemary, what about you? Well, I've recently had, you know, everything turn upside down. Um, so six months ago, I ended up working from inside of a wardrobe. So if you ask me what I was oh using most of the time, then it would have been literally my phone because I could Were use it anywhere Narnia? that wasn't the wardrobe. <laughs> it, there was no Narnia inside okay. of there. I'm very sorry to disappoint. It was a regular wardrobe with very little space inside, which was just enough for a monitor and a laptop. Turkish delight in there just to you know, really... And no, if I put chocolate off. in there, it melted. That was the problem. <laughs> Um, so so it was pretty much my phone and then the ipad crept back in especially when the ios 13 uh 14 beta was announced with scribble which i am loving and then i moved house so that i am no longer working in a wardrobe and it immediately became the mac mini because i now have an amazing office with a desk and oh my gosh that makes such a difference to your (laughs) workflow so i would say right now because i am finally getting to the stage with unpacking where the sofa usually is clear so i can actually go sit on the couch and you know, iPad. Um, it's split between my Mac Mini and my 11-inch iPad Pro. But just like Chris, if you know, if I lost all my devices and I had to go and buy new ones, the first thing I would get is a new iPhone. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Um, I, I I need my iPhone to be able to get things done, whether it's communicating with people or just adding stuff to my grocery list so I don't starve to death. The, you know, it, it's it's a small thing, but it, it makes my life much, much easier. And the Apple Watch might come in a close second after that. Uh, all interesting answers, and I do appreciate them. For me, um, I used to get so much of uh, what I did done on iPad because I love the iPad keyboard. I love the ability to go all over the place with it. Um, there's this meme about uh, about queer people like myself not being able to sit in chairs like uh, the standard way. And I definitely fit into that boat where what is a chair but a place to sort of uh, stand oneself right stand crouch (laughs) uh lean over etc and doing that on an ipad is a lot easier um and so i kind of miss uh being able to get a lot of my work done on an ipad and now these days most of what i do happens uh sitting at my desk and in fact just yesterday dan and i were kind of talking about with with twitch shows being as long as they are sitting in this chair for a couple of hours uh staring into the webcam um is not quite as relaxing as being able to flippity flop my body all over the place while i write some articles or what have you so uh i was just curious and uh, it helped me kind of uh 
see just how much uh, I miss what I used to have with uh, that that ability. All right, that is that topic. It me that means it's time for our final topic, which comes from Chris. So we're talking about kit just now, what kit we use the most. But what I want to know is, what was a bit of kit that when you were a kid, and define that however you like, when you were a kid that you yearned for the most? It might be, a, it might be I want something computery, right? So it can't be a toy. Uh, it has to be something computery. What was that bit of what we'd now consider vintage tech that you uh, just, you your very soul burned for when you were a kid. Dan? Oh, man. I, this is a tough one. I've been racking my brain a little bit to figure out what exactly it was. I think there was a time when I was a teenager where what I really wanted more than anything else was a like a, a video camera, like a digital video camera of some kind. I don't even know if they had digital video cameras at that point, but it was some sort of video camera. I loved the idea of making movies, and we never really had a camcorder. I think my dad like rented one once or twice when I was a kid to like take birthday parties or something, but we did not have our own. Uh, and I love the idea of being able to like shoot movies with my friends and all that stuff. I just wanted all that gear. And it's funny because like, I mean, I never got one, except now I have an iPhone that shoots way better video than any of those <laughs> ever did, uh, which I think is hilarious. And then special uh, special mention for a piece of kit that I lusted after and I did have most of, which was when I was in college, I really wanted a handspring visor, which was essentially like a oh, Palm Pilot. Yeah. And I had one uh, and I thought it was amazing i spent like 300 bucks on it it was so much for me when i was in college but i loved it it had little cartridges you could put in like an expansion slot on the back and what i really wanted was one that would connect to like the cellular network and then you could like surf the internet for on your little black and white screen (laughs) and again i now have a device that's way better than that in every single way so wait long enough is my point and you'll get all those things (laughs) rose what about you well, I'm, I I had one in mind, and then something you said, Dan, made me think, I always wanted one of those cameras, which have recently regained popularity, where it, you would take a photo and it would print it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I so desperately wanted one of those. Um, and I always got, like, disposable cameras as a kid, and I think at one point I had a very cheap, you know, like, pink camera. But it had film in it, so, you know, you had to wait, and then my dad would have to take the film up, because I wasn't trusted to take the film out of my own <laughs> camera, obviously. Um, and, um, you know, take it to the shop, and then they get it printed, and, and you know, and then I get the pictures back, and, you know, it just wasn't as good, and I missed some possibly not that great photos, but in my mind, they were amazing at the time, um, because, you know, I, I had my finger in front of the lens, or I was shaking or something, because, you know, I was an eight-year-old kid with a camera, what do you expect? Um, so, you know, on, on the camera front, definitely that one. And I know that you, you can get them now, but I kind of prefer my iPhone because then I can carry all the pictures with me all the time. Just, you know, the same as you, Dan. But the very first Mac I wanted was the iBook that Elwood mm. had in Legally Blonde. Only Aww. I wanted it in purple. Um, because I just loved the idea of that machine. And I also love the fact that it was kind of related to the fact that she was unique in that class because everybody else was sitting there using mm-hmm. these massive windows, well, bricks, um, if that's the best way to describe them. Um, and, uh, you know, she had this really lovely, sleek MacBook um, and did so well with it. And for me, it was kind of a symbol of success. So when my, my first Windows machine died at university, I got the then first generation MacBook Air with an SSD. Wow. And uh, it was not the same, um, but it was great. And I loved that machine so much. And it took me most of the way through university. I did an extra year, so it took me a while to finish uni. But it was a brilliant machine. And uh, yeah, so I got it as a grown-up. 
All right. I have tracked this down. Um, I'm sharing a link in the show notes. I remember as a kid uh, seeing this device, I think on a shelf at a Kmart, rest in peace Kmart, and I wanted it so, so, so bad. It was called an eBrain made by, let's see, it's... uh, yeah so it's it's dsi electronics that makes the e-brain but it has uh what's called timex data has the timex data link system and so this is what what made this thing so cool so this was this little sort of um kim possible style uh device that would have your schedule on it it could dial phone numbers for you it had some games you could play on it there were just these two little buttons and it sort of flipped open and you could have it trigger certain sayings or or make it say different things whenever you wanted it to but all of that was was fine and dandy it was my little pocket actually had i think had a belt clip on the back so you could you know stick it on your belt um all that was fine and dandy, but what made it so cool was the Timex data link system. I still don't know how this works to this day because I've never gone and looked. Um, but basically what you would do is you installed the software on your PC and then you would type in, you know, all the contacts, all of the sayings, all of the stuff that you wanted to be put onto the eBrain. And then this is what was so awesome. You'd flip open the top and it had this little transceiver thingy on it, this little red area, and you'd say transfer. And then the screen, your your actual computer screen would turn gray and have like lines in it. And then the e-brain would start going, yes, okay, uh-huh, yes, all right, yes, okay. And that was like letting you know that it was transferring from the computer through the screen somehow into the device. I think it was infrared technology. Must have been, yeah. Um, but at the time I was just like, what is this magical <laughs> nonsense? It's wireless and it's awesome. And then afterwards I hit those two little buttons on it to navigate through the different menus and have it, you know dial a phone number or uh, make it say things that I thought was funny or check for my, you know, what appointments I had coming up, which as a kid were not too many. It was more like, eat lunch now. Um, (laughs) But I loved this thing. I, uh, you know, kept it fed with batteries as it needed it. I slept with it, you know, next to my head at night. Um, And I just remember having so much fun with it. And now... Where is it now, Micah? Uh, now it's gone. Uh, but, but I, apparently I could get it for $9 on eBay and I may just have to buy I one of these. I miss you, Micah. <laughs> it's um, been so long, Master. Bring me home. <laughs> All right. Why don't you bring us home, Chris? <laughs> so um, I used to write a column for Macworld called Think Retro uh, when Susie was in charge there. And so my entire uh, home, uh, well, my home office at least, is uh, filled to the gunnels with uh, various bits of vintage Apple tech that I adored. And part of the reason I wanted to ask this question was just there's something, um, God, we're coming back to me being old again, but there's something really freeing about being an adult and then being able to buy all the stuff that you yearned for as a kid. A, because you're an autonomous adult with your own money, but also B, because this stuff now costs pennies uh, so you can't actually buy it so i've got uh you know uh a cube and emates some newtons i've got imax i've got uh clones uh tons and tons of stuff 
the answer I'm going to give of all that that I could pick is just the iMac G4. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's, there's still for me nothing that has quite matched the character, the, the, the balance between elegance and fun that the iMac G4 had. So for those who can't remember, the angle poise style iMac that you, with a flat screen you could move around. And it's just the most charming Pixar-y thing. And I couldn't afford it when I was when it came out. I was at university when it came out. There's no way I was buying that. But I have one now, and that's brilliant, and that makes me happy. And it sounds like, Micah, that if you spend that nine bucks on eBay, you'll be just as happy. In fact, <laughs> by the sound of it, substantially happier than I am with my iMac G4. That's me. <laughs> Excellent. All right, that is four topics time. We have just enough time for a bonus topic today, and I want to know from all of you, what color was the home that you grew up in? Rosemary? Well, it wasn't a specific color, but it was built of Cotswold stone, which is mm. mostly a creamy color. But every so often you'll get like a red one that's got some iron running through it. Mine was a pale yellow color with a <laughs> with green roofing tiles. It was not a very pretty home on the outside, but it still means a lot to me in my heart. What about you, Chris? Uh, is this before I answer? Is this is this a um, data fraud question? Are you going to use this to hack my password? Uh, no, uh, no, not at all. Uh, so my, I feel like I'm giving you a fake answer, right? When you give the wrong birthday. Uh, my, my home was uh, granite when I grew up. It was uh, that sparkly grey uh, mica stone. Uh, mine was kind of, I can't remember now the exact color when I was a kid, but it's been like beige with blue shutters for as long as I can remember. I think it was briefly blue when I was very, very small, though. All right. That is it for today. All that remains is to thank our wonderful guest this week, Rosemary Orchard. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me, both of you. It's been a pleasure as always. And Christopher Finn, thank you so much for joining us. A joy. Thank you both. And Micah, we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the e-brain. Bye, everybody. Bye.